High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. And turn in your Bibles this morning just to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, two Sundays ago, I shared a message, the very first Sunday of January. As a matter of fact, it was January 1st. And I shared a message. Um, and uh, the message was basically a message of what I feel like the Lord is speaking for us in the season that we're in right now. And I kept hearing the Lord say that it was time to run. Everybody say, time to run. And by the way, before I even go any further than this, I do want to especially recognize Pastor Jeff Scaff and his lovely wife. Pastor Jeff, would you stand? You and your lovely wife, just stand up. They pastored St. Andrew Assembly. Uh, praise the Lord. Give them a big praise the Lord. They pastored St. Andrew Assembly of God, been there for many, many years, done a great work over there. And uh, as a matter of fact, we came out of, out of really the same church. We were, we were all kind of brought up in, over there in Callaway, Callaway Assembly. But anyway, uh, but uh, just a wonderful man and woman of God. And they did a marvelous work. I mean, he just resigned from there and is going to be going to Tennessee. He's taking a pastorate there in Tennessee. Can we just pray for him just right now? Lord, we just pray for Pastor Jeff. Lord, we pray for the Scaff family. We ask Lord God, for your anointing and grace to be upon them now in the name of Jesus. And uh, Pastor, I just hear the Lord saying that he is ordering your steps. Uh, and the Lord says, even this is going to be greater than what you dreamed, greater than what you thought. Uh, and the Lord says, I'm going to bless you. God says, I'm going to cause even a fresh word to come forth. Uh, and the Lord says, once again, the fire is going to burn. And the Lord says, it, it seemed like some of it had just uh, had dwindled a little bit. God says, I'm reigniting you afresh and anew. And the Lord says, you're going to desire to run. You're going to desire to go once again, says the Lord. And I'm going to cause it even within the entire family, says the Spirit of the Lord. And the Lord says, the discouragement of yesterday. The Lord says, even though that I'm taking it away. And the Lord says, that you're going to lift your hands and say that my God is great and greatly to be praised. And the Lord says, I'm doing a fresh thing in your heart and a fresh thing within your spirit. And the Lord says, you're not going to be bound by any, mm, the opinions of man. And the Lord says, you're not going to be bound uh, to even, mm, I don't know what this has to do with, but I just see like there's been some voices and some opinions that's tried to steer you in a particular direction and you didn't want to go that way. Uh, but the Lord says, you have heard my voice and you're going to be steered by me. You're going to go my way. Uh, the Lord says, you're not going to go man's way. The Lord says, I'm giving you an ear to hear the voice of my spirit. And the Lord says, it's going to ring loud. It's going to ring clear. And the Lord says, son, because you wouldn't compromise, uh, now I'm going to give you my best. God says, you passed the test. Now I'm giving you my best. And the Lord says, you're going to see it come forth. It'll come forth quickly. Things are going to fall into place. The Lord says, mm, I just see where things are just like one by one. There was a couple of things that we need this, this, and this to happen. And the Lord says, like dominoes are going to fall. Like dominoes, it's going to happen. God says, it's all coming into place. The Lord says, you can rest assured of it. But God says, you're following me. You're following my spirit, says the Lord. And God says, I will bless the work of your hand. I will bless Bless the work of your hand, says the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise this morning. Hallelujah. 
You know, a lot of people don't realize what pastoring means because it's a lot more than just showing up and delivering a message on Sunday morning. As a matter of fact, that's the easy part of pastoring, even though there's challenges there and there's, you know, all sorts of things you even go through in that. Many times you feel a struggle to go one way, but yet you know you need to do this and you need to say that. How do I compact all of this and, and be able to minister this and that? I wish I could have everybody seven days a week so I could hit everything that I feel like really needs to be hit. But then there's there's just the daily pulls because uh, uh, what happens is most people don't realize that most pastors are uh, literally on call 24-7. You never know when you're going to get a call, and you may think, you know, I've only called the pastor, you know, in one year, I've only called him twice. Well, you start multiplying that by about 300, 400, 500 people, and you can see how they, they live on the phone. They're on call all the time, all hours of the night, and things like that. And by the way, that's not said in any way to complain about it uh, at all, but I'm just telling there's a uh, there's a lot of strain and, uh, and stress that are on pastors and their marriages and their homes, and listen, I encourage you. And by the way, I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for praying for Pastor Stacy and I. But thank you for praying for Pastor Joshua and Miranda. Because hear this, we all need your prayers. Because there's nothing more that the enemy would love to do than to knock you out. You know what? And I'm not going to get knocked out. He's not going to get knocked out. Pastor Jeff's not going to get knocked out. Amen. Garrett and um, uh, Becca not going to get knocked out. Steve isn't going to get knocked out. Castle ain't going to get knocked out. None of us going to get knocked out. Amen. Look at somebody say, the devil's going to get knocked out. Hallelujah. And you see, you have all these things that happen. And, you know, so your prayers are very important. And anytime that you're tempted to criticize the leadership, why don't you rather pray for them? Anytime you're tempted to say something negative, why don't you get on your knees and start praying? Because I will tell you, that'll go a lot farther. Because most of the time, what you'll find is you'll have a heart attitude change in the midst of while you're praying. You know, when you start praying for people, you can't help but love them. Right? Amen. Well, that's just free today. So we shared last time how the, I felt like the Lord was saying, it's time to run. Time to run. Look at somebody say, it's time to run. Look at somebody say, not time to walk. Look at somebody say, it's not time to crawl. Look at somebody say, it's time to run. Now, listen, in anything in life, I will tell you, there is, a, there, there is this measure of running that you have to do in order to be successful at it. Now, I'm not talking about laboring in your own power, but I am talking about obeying God and doing what God has called you to do. And God's never called us to crawl. He hasn't called us to to you know, just mosey on down the road, but he, he's called us to run. It's amazing how many times you will actually see exhortations of the Spirit, prophets speaking under the unction of the Holy Spirit, beginning to declare, run. We see Habakkuk said, you know, write the vision so that he may run that reads it. You read it so that you can run. You, read, you don't read it just so you can say, isn't that wonderful? You read it so you can run with it, so that you can begin to move forward with it. And everything in life, I don't care what it is, there is effort that is required in order for you to see success, in order for accomplishment to happen, whether it is in the natural or the spiritual. Because I will tell you, everything that you see here this morning is because somebody worked to get it done. Let's just get into the, the you know, just the building that we're in. You know, I, I, we just didn't pray and 
you know, it wasn't, you ever seen any of the Star Wars movie where Luke or Darth Vader, you know, and they kind of, you know, by the force, they put things in place. I want everybody to understand that no uh, force uh, put any of these walls in place other than the force of men and cranes and shovels and concrete trucks and all the other things. It required work. Look at somebody and say work. And so one of the things I believe that the Lord is speaking to us in this season is it's time to run. It's time to work. It's time to put your hand to the plow and don't look back. And in Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Everybody say, every weight. If there's anything slowing you down. See, some things aren't sin, but they're weights. In other words, there are things that slow you down and hinder you from moving forward in the purpose of God. And he says, let us lay aside every weight. By the way, some people, their cell phone is the weight that they're carrying around. Some people, it's the television that's in their living room. Some people, it's the computer that's on their desk. Some people, it's everything else that they get involved in. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance or patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now again, I believe as you read this passage of Scripture, the author, the writer of Hebrews, which most people believe is, most theologians believe is Paul, but, but whoever wrote it basically was exhorting us that there's some things that we must do in order to run. He's telling us how to run because if you don't do these other things that he specifically speaks of, you'll not be able to run. So the first thing is this. you got to rid yourself of weights. you got to receive deliverance from that which is weighing you down, whatever it might be. You know, many people are running, as it were, with 50-pound backpacks on them. Can you imagine going to a track meet and seeing someone running a race while carrying a sack of potatoes on their back. You would go, what are you doing? There's no way that you're going to win. You can't, you've got extra weight that you don't need. As a matter of fact, you know, in NASCAR racing, and I'm not understanding, I don't know a whole lot about NASCAR, but I will tell you this much. One of the goals is they have to reduce weight in the cars in order that they get better gas mileage, in order that the cars can go faster. That's just the reality. The more weight you put in the car, the more weight that you put on it, the, uh, you actually begin to cut down on the speed of the automobile. And understand this, the more weight that you put on you, as far as you put on a sack of potatoes on your back, I guess, guarantee you, you can't run as fast with a 10-pound sack of potatoes on your back as without, right? You know, you can't run as fast if you put on three coats and get out there and start running whether, uh, rather than having no coat whatsoever and just a tank top. Can you imagine going to an Olympic race and you go, you know, there's a guy that comes out to the racetrack and he's wearing a long fur coat and he's got dress shoes on. Can you imagine that, Doc? I mean, there's no way the guy is going to run. You think that dude is insane. That dude is crazy. What in the world is he doing? He is not going to be able to run. And so you've got to rid yourself of the weights. Now, understand, as I said already, some things are not necessarily sin, but they just weigh people down. And they prevent them from moving forward in God's best for their life. Listen, I don't want anything to weigh me down and keep me from moving in God's best. How many of you say, I don't want anything weighing me down? Come on, look at somebody say, I don't want anything weighing me down. And by the way, I just want to clear something up right now. Your spouse is not your problem. Your spouse is not weighing you down. Don't begin to think, my spouse is slowing me down, so that's it. You know, I'm kicking them to the curb so that I can do the will of God. No, my friend, you dismiss the will of God the moment you kick them to the curb. 
right? What God has put together, let no man put asunder. You may not be able to do anything about your past and what you did yesterday or five years ago or 10 years ago, but hear this. If you, if you're, whoever you're married to right now, stay with the one that's brought you. Glory to God. Amen. It's cheaper to keep her anyway. Right? So understand this, I'm not talking about getting rid of necessarily your friends or family or people. Well, my kids are slowing me down. So I'm, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go leave them. No, my friend, that's not what I'm talking about. As a matter of fact, part of the responsibility and part of the race that you run as a parent is to train your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Amen. But I tell you what can slow you down even with that is you spending all your time on your cell phone following influencers rather than being an influencer actually in their kids' lives. Y'all still love me? Is this side over here, y'all still love me? It's amazing how, how often we get distracted by things. You know, we're, we're scrolling through Facebook, listening to people that we don't know, that don't know us, and the reality is 10 years from now, they're not gonna matter. But understand this, your kids are gonna matter 10 years from now. Can I tell you, your spouse is gonna matter 10 years from now. Your family is going to matter 10 years from now. So you know what we need to do? We need to make sure that we're focusing on what is really important in life. And by the way, if your cell phone, if it's, if it's an addiction in your life and you can't go anywhere, you can't put it down, you can't eat dinner, you can't do anything, you can't go to the bathroom without your cell phone. I know this is getting really, really personal right now, but I'm telling you, some folks, they cannot they can't put it down for just a moment. You know, a cell phone can become an addiction just like alcohol, just like drugs and any other thing. Are you following me? If you're addicted to social media and internet and television, see, these things aren't necessarily bad. They themselves are not sinful, but it can become a weight within your life. Amen? Don't let the weight and sin of 2022 keep you from the future that God has for you. Deal with it and get rid of the weight. Look at somebody say, I'm getting rid of the weight. Now, not only did he talk about weight, but he talked about sin. See, if you're going to run the race, he said, let us lay aside the weight and the sin. And so here's the second principle. You just got to stop sinning. <laughs> Understand this. Constant sin will hinder the fulfillment of God's purpose within your life. Now, second service, y'all being a little bit quieter, so I'm really questioning if there's some sin problems in the people of the second service. You know, so many churches and pastors, they won't mention anything about sin any longer. As a matter of fact, they're taught in church growth conferences. We don't want to say anything about sin. It might make somebody feel guilty. They may even feel convicted. God forbid somebody feels wrong about what they've been doing that's wrong. And as a result of that, we have a culture today that feels right about continuing to do wrong all the time. You know what? We need some pastors. We need some preachers. We need some men of God and women of God that's not afraid to confront wrongdoing, not afraid to confront sin, not afraid to say, hey, that's sin. That's wrong. I'm not condemning you. I'm saying that action is wrong. What you're doing right now is wrong. Look. You're, you're stealing, that's sin. You're lying, that's sin. You're posting things on Facebook that aren't true. Oh, I, I, yeah, I went there. That's sin. 
See, we don't think about that sometimes. We somehow, somehow we're able to compartmentalize. You know what the Bible, the Bible actually talks about bearing false witness. What is bearing false witness? That's when you're saying something false about another individual in order to influence the opinion of another concerning that individual. You know what? And we have a lot of that going on, unfortunately, even in the body of Christ. Again, I'm not, you're, you're gonna have to take this and apply it to your life. You know if you're doing it or not. And you have to say, Lord, uh, I, I'm sorry, forgive me. I'm repenting, I'm turning around, and I'm gonna walk in a different direction, amen? We have to stop the sinning. Again, many churches and pastors, are no, and by the way, I'll go ahead and hit some other things. I know it's not politically correct to say this, but God put Adam and Eve together. One man, one woman. That's the way God created it. And any other thing is sinful in God's sight. Amen? One man, one woman. Oh, people aren't going to, they don't want to hear that. I don't care if you want to hear it or not. I, God didn't call me to preach what you wanted to hear and scratch your ears. God called me to preach the word, preach the gospel. Because listen, if you keep going down that road, you're going to end up in destruction. Amen? I love you regardless of what you're doing. I love you regardless of what you believe. But understand this, I will not compromise what God's word says. I will not compromise what God has said, what he has declared, and let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. I don't care how many laws are written, it never will change what God actually said originally in his law, the Bible. I'm not using that to beat anybody over the head. I'm stronger in the second service than the first. Oh, hallelujah. Y'all must need it worse. All right, praise the Lord. It's probably all the people sitting in the back. No, not really. Y'all know, you gotta know, you gotta know, y'all gotta know me for you that are sitting in the back. Praise the Lord. I love you. Praise the Lord. It's a hug from me to you. We've had in the church, uh, now listen, I believe in the grace of God. How many thank God for his grace? Grace is unmerited favor, but understand when you really do a study on what grace is, when you define the word, what it actually means is a divine influence upon the heart that is reflected in the life. Everybody say divine influence upon the heart that's reflected in the life. In other words, let me give you another uh, terminology, divine empowerment. It's, it's God's empowerment within your life. See, grace is not some kind of, here's your, here's your license to do whatever you want to do. Go for it. Steal, lie, cheat, woo, what? You know, do whatever you want to do. You know, go out with floozies and anybody else and, you know, just do whatever you want to do. Sleep with whoever you want to sleep with. How I many know, I don't care if you are a New Testament Christian, because of the grace of God, it empowers you to live even more above that. Amen? We should live above that. Not continue to do it. Paul said, you know, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says this, God forbid. God forbid. No, that's not what grace is all about. Grace empowers you to live above sin. Look at somebody and say, you, you don't have to sin any longer. Look at them and say, the grace of God empowers you to do what is right. Y'all love me still? If you have difficulty overcoming an issue, then you just need to receive deliverance. And whatever is feeding that issue within your life, you need to run away from it. If watching television is causing this thing to be strengthened in your life, then throw the television out the door, right? If you can't resist going to sites on your you know, computer that you know that are sinful, that are wrong, then my friend, throw the computer away, right? 
That's what Jesus said. He said, if your eye offends you, then do what? Pluck it out. If the computer is making you sin and, get, and offending you, then throw the computer out. If the cell phone is getting in the way and causing you to do things you shouldn't do, then throw it away. It'll be okay. Get, you know, rather than a smartphone, get you a dumb phone. Right? It says to lay aside. That means to get rid of the baggage. You just got to get rid of the baggage. The next principle he says is run. Everybody say run. Please write this down. Vision and dreams come true at the point where it is met by work and labor. Otherwise, it's only a fantasy. Vision and dreams come true at the point where it is met by work and labor. Otherwise, it's only a fantasy. You know, this weekend, it's Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday that we, we celebrate. And thank God for everything that he did in the way of bringing forth uh, uh, the civil rights and uh, restoration in all of these different areas that needed to be addressed. But on, uh, and I know we all know Martin Luther King Jr.'s famous speech, I Have a Dream. How many of you have heard the, the speech before, I Have a Dream? And listen, I believe that he had a dream that came straight from the Lord. And many of you heard the, the speech before, but he had a dream where there was equality, racial equality. He had a dream where white folk and black folk and people from all different nationalities were able to get together and stand side by side and join hands and begin to sing to the Lord. My friend, that's a good dream, right? As a matter of fact, we're seeing some of that dream actually manifested here even in this service this morning. Every one of our service, I don't know if you notice our worship team, we have a pretty diverse worship team. If you looked out in our congregation, we have a pretty diverse congregation. And that was something that we had a goal to see whenever we first started this church. And within our church, you know, obviously there, there, the church should look like the community, okay? That's what it should look like. It should be like a reflection of what the community looks like. I, I believe that's what God desires. I believe that's what God planned all along. And when you look in this church body, let me tell you, we have white folks, we have black folks, we have Asian folks, we have Hispanic folks, we have uh, Native American folks. Is there anybody here from any other nationality or representation? If you are, just kind of wave your hand because I don't want to leave anybody out, anybody else, anybody else here. You know, and, and by the way, not only do we have it that way, but you know what? We have Seminoles and Gators here. <laughs> Am I right, MG? Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, no, we have, listen, we have Tide and Tiger fans. Right? And we have, we have, see, we have people from all different, all, have differing opinions, different backgrounds. We have people that are, shall we say, have greater financial ability, and we have people that don't have as much. And we have people that were born on the right side of the tracks and maybe some people that were born on the wrong side of the tracks, if you understand what I mean by that. You know, we have people that come from Christian homes and then we have people that came from homes that were not saved at all. They were just American heathen. We have people that come from Protestant backgrounds and we have people like Pastor Paul McGoa. He was raised, he was an altar boy in a Catholic church and then he Praise the Lord, God saved him, filled him with the Holy Ghost, and got the left foot of fellowship. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm saying all that because, see, that was a dream that he had. I have a dream to see all these folks come together. I believe it was a divine dream. Now, understand this. That dream didn't happen just because he had a dream. 
You understand that? There was work that was involved. There was mobilizing of individuals and people to begin to actually uh, uh, to make argument for things needing to be changed, actually begin to advocate for things taking a different turn so that the laws of the nation would be turned, so that things would be changed. And I thank God for all those men and women because I tell you, they suffered a lot of persecution. Many of them, there were people that were murdered. There were all sorts of really bad things that took place all during the civil rights movement unholy things, unrighteous things. Unfortunately, sometimes some of those things were even done in the name of people who said that they were Christians. Let me tell you what, they were everything but Christians in some of the actions that they did. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Now, please, I, the reason I'm saying this is, uh, is to get back to this. Martin Luther King Jr., he had a vision, he had a dream, and he was running with his dream and vision. How was he doing it? He was working it. Understand this, you can have a dream to have a business, but until you actually work, you're not gonna see that business manifest, right? Sitting around waiting for your vision to manifest will fail. Running requires effort. Running requires work. You know, uh, Dario, uh, Coach Dario right here, of course, he coaches the Mosley basketball team. Y'all doing okay this year? You okay? Okay. Y'all pray for the Mosley basketball team, all right? But, you know, he, now, this is the reality. They can't put a team together just because somebody has, you know what, Coach Dario, I had a dream last night. And in my dream, I was on the same team with LeBron James. <laughs> and I was shooting three-pointers. I need to be on this team. Let me tell you what. Coach Dario is probably going to do. Well, here's the basketball. Show me what you can do. You're going to, not only that, you're going to have to come to practice. You know what? Whenever we do wind sprints, I don't know if that's what you call them anymore, but you run up and down. Y'all, y'all do those? Is what slide line drills? Line like line line drills, and they do the running exercises. Okay. The reality is this: if they lollygag in practice, they'll lollygag in the game. If they lollygag during practice and don't really put in an effort and don't really work, then they won't be worth a flip when it comes to game time. Right? And, I, and listen, I really believe the Lord is saying, stop your lollygagging. When it comes to the things of God, you got to begin to go after it. I'm not going to let anything get in my way from pursuing everything that God has for my life. Would you look at somebody and say, I'm going after what God has for me. See, I believe that God has wanted to transform all of us into what I call all the wayers. The Bible says that David danced before the Lord with, everybody say all his might. He didn't dance before the Lord with, all, with a little bit of his might. I don't believe that David was doing a little two-step like this, you know, coming into Jerusalem, you know, and they're bringing in the, the, you know, he's not doing this right here, okay? He's not trying to, he's not trying to be cool whatsoever, okay? David's not trying to be cool. He's not trying to, you know, just kind of slide into Jerusalem, kind of lollygagging around. No, the Bible says that David danced before the Lord with all his might. You know, I can just kind of envision, anybody ever seen one of those flamenco dancers? You ever seen one of those guys? I just wonder sometime if David... He's dancing with all his... You laugh at that. Just try to do that for 60 seconds. Just try. Okay? I mean, I can do this for quite a while, and I can jump, and I can dance like this. You know, you do that, man, 15 seconds. I'm done. Okay? 
Yes, I know I'm carrying 30 pounds too much, but that's all right. That's probably why. So you got to do it with all your might. You're all the way. What God has for you is greater than anything that the world can offer you. I don't care how wonderful it might look and how appealing it might be. What God has is much greater. I'm coming too close. Next thing's consistency. Everybody say consistency. See, the King James says you run the race with patience. Patience. Now, most people, when you say patience, what they think that is is the ability to wait. Okay? But understand this. Bible patience is not the ability to wait. Bible patience is this. Persistence, endurance, and consistency. Everybody say persistence, endurance, and consistency. What does that mean? What's he really talking about? He's saying this. When you come into an adverse situation, you don't throw in the towel. You keep on going. You're like the energizer bunny. You're still going. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what somebody said. It doesn't matter what somebody did. You just keep on doing what you know to do. Well, you know what? Somebody said that they didn't like what you're doing. Well, praise the Lord. I'm going to just keep on doing what I'm doing. I, I know I'm doing what God called me to do, and I'm not going to stop doing what God called me to do. There's somebody said that they just don't agree with that prophecy stuff. Well, thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to still prophesy. Somebody said they don't agree with that praying in tongues. I'm going to be like the inner or bunny, and I'm going to keep on doing what I know is right, regardless of the opinions of other people. You have to be that way. You can't get distracted by the opinions of other men. Okay? I'm smarter than them anyway. Praise the Lord. Don't give up and don't quit. Amen? Listen, I didn't say that. I wasn't saying that arrogantly. I didn't mean it that way. But what I'm saying is this. I've got the mind of Christ. You've got the mind of Christ. Why should I listen to somebody that comes to church once every blue moon and then they don't worship God whenever they get here and then their family's all jacked up and I'm going to listen to them? No, sir, I'm not going to listen. I'm going to listen to the word of the Lord. Right? Y'all still love me? All right, I'm gonna, Pastor Joshua's going to fix everything during the week. <laughs> Listen, adversity can either kill you or make you stronger. Your response determines your outcome. How you respond in the midst of adversity. I don't know if anybody watched. Did anybody watch the Jacksonville game last night? Did anybody watch the Jacksonville Jaguar game? Now, I'm going to tell you. When it got 27 to nothing, I was texting. Was it before then? Okay. <laughs> After the first interception. I don't know if I said that the game was over, but around, somewhere around 20 to nothing, I text, I text Pastor Joshua, and I said, this game's over. It's done. You know, put a fork in it. Got to 27 to nothing. Okay. Now, and anybody that was watching the game, based upon the way that the Jaguars were playing at that time, it didn't look like they had a chance. In the first half, Trevor had actually thrown four interceptions, three of them intercepted by the same guy. <laughs> it was crazy. And so I said, that's it, it's over. They're done. That's it. You know, Chargers have won, you know. And what I was amazed to see, and for anybody watching the game, you know what I'm talking The whole time, Trevor in the midst, Trevor Lawrence, in all of the adversity that was there and all the fact that he had thrown four interceptions and everything going on, he was over there encouraging everybody. 
You know, I'm thinking, I'd be ashamed to show my face right now. You know, I'd be scared somebody up there in the stands is going to, you know, start throwing things at me right now. But he's over there encouraging everybody. At the, at the half, they had at least scored one touchdown. They're still down 20 points, and they're walking off the field, and he's encouraging people. And I'm going, dude, you're putting on a show. I don't think you're really doing anything. Boy, I, he made a liar out of me. The reality is they came back blazing in the second half, and they won the game 31 to 30 for anybody that was actually watching the game. But, you know, I was determined I was going to stay up. So they, got, they got a second wind. Now, listen, the reason I say that is because the only reason they won that is because of this. They didn't give up. It would have been so easy for him to say, forget it. There's always next year. Listen, there's an exhortation for some of you that may have given up on your family, may have given up on your business, may have given up on other things. Hear the word of the Lord today. God is saying, don't you give up. You keep on warring a good warfare with the promises of God. Amen. Amen. Got to be consistent. You don't give up. Turn the AC. It's too cold in here. Keep your eyes on Jesus. This is the last point. By the time you get out of here, it'll be warmed up. <laughs> I don't know if some people have an idea we're going to make this a freezer in here. But anyway, keep your eyes on Jesus. Look at somebody say, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. People, events, and circumstances, they can disappoint you and dishearten you. See, Moses allowed people to prevent him from entering the promised land. He became frustrated and he struck the rock rather than speak to it. Moses reacted to the people around him. Why? He was looking in the wrong direction. You got to learn to respond by the spirit rather than react in the flesh. Don't allow the stupidity of someone else to prevent you from running with the vision and obeying God. You have to make a decision. You know what? I'm going to run with the vision. I'm going to run after God. I'm going to obey God, and I'm not going to allow what somebody else did to keep me from doing what God's called me to do. I can't tell you how many times that somebody had something happen to them. Somebody in the church might have said something to them, might have done something to them. You know, I literally, I've had one time talked to some folks, and they were going to leave the church all because, you know, uh, I happened to walk by them and didn't actually speak to them the moment that I walked by. Of course, what they didn't realize is that I was actually on my way to do something that needed to be done very quickly. We're in an emergency situation. But nonetheless, see, we're going to think about this. I'm going to quit and I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to give up on people. I'm going to give up on relationships. I'm going to give up on what God's called me to do all because of something that small happened. My friend, we got to learn to be bigger than that. Right? You got to learn to be bigger than that. You don't give up just because somebody said something to you. And by the way, usually it's not somebody from the outside that can discourage you as much as it's somebody that's close to you. Because their words have greater weight. You know, somebody outside, you know, this church saying something, it's not going to hurt me. You know, be water off a duck's back. You know, somebody in this close that you're working with close, they say something or do something that can dishearten you. And you have to make a decision. I will not give up. I will not quit. I will not be discouraged. And I will not be disheartened just because somebody else did something to me. Somebody that I love did something to me. I cannot afford to lose out with God all because of what somebody else did. See, if you do that, then what's happening is you're allowing that person to control you. 
In other words, if I am reacting constantly to what other people are doing to me, they are controlling my life. Do you want to live the rest of your life being controlled by other people? You have to make a decision. I am not going to be controlled by that individual over there. I'm not meaning anybody right there, but I'm just talking. I'm just pointing my finger. So if it lands on you, I'm not talking about you, but you know, because I don't want you to get hurt by that or anything like that. But see, I'm not going to be controlled by anybody. I'm not going to allow those things to cause me to be bitter, to cause me to be disappointed, to cause me to be disheartened. I'm going to run, amen? I believe that God is raising up some runners today. How many of you are willing to be runners in the kingdom of God today? How many of you say, I'm going to run with the Lord? Would you stand to your feet today? So you've got to make a decision. I'm going to run with the Lord. I'm going to run with God I'm going to run after the Lord. I'm going to run after the things of God. I'm going to run after the purpose. I'm going to run after the destiny that God has for me. And I'm not going to allow these other things. You know what? It, may, you know, it very well may mean that you've got to turn off your television. You may have to open up your Bible. It's just amazing to me. I'm not saying this to condemn anybody. But honestly, go look at your phone records. A lot of times what happens, people are on social media... It's nothing for people today. The average, the average person today is on social media six hours a day. That's statistics. Six hours a day. What's the average person doing as far as reading their Bible? What's the average person today doing as far as praying? You know what? So involved in some type of licensed voyeurism to be able to look into everybody else's life that we're not living our life the way that God's called us to live our life. I'm not saying you can't, don't, please take this in moderation to understand the heart that I'm saying. What I'm saying is we gotta prioritize the things of God. We have to prioritize what He has for us. We gotta prioritize His call upon our lives. We have to prioritize the vision. Would you lift your hands? Thank you for your patience today. I know it went a little longer today, but thank you. I want you to pray this with me right now. In the name of Jesus. I make a decision today and I'm running after the Lord. Lord, I'm running after you. I'm running after your vision. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm not going to lollygag. I'm not going to be slothful. I'm not going to be lazy. I'm going after you. Today, I lay aside every weight every weight, every hindrance, anything that would slow me down, I'm laying it aside. I'm laying aside every sin, anything that's been going on in my life that I know is sin, that I know is wrong. In the name of Jesus, I run from it. Lord, bring deliverance in my life today. Come on, just begin to lift your hands. Say, Lord, bring deliverance in my life. God's wanting to set some people free. You know what's going on in your life right now. And God's wanting to sever that thing out of you. He's wanting to get that thing out of you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.